Welcome to the Heartland Free Sermon Podcast. We're so happy to have you. If you're a first-time listener and you'd like to get to know more about us as a church, click the link in the podcast description. And if you'd like to fill out our online connection card, you can do that there as well. Thanks for joining us, and let's get into a fantastic message. How many of you this week, these past couple weeks, where are you at? Are you battling this cold weather? Pastor Cooper and I, we come in these mornings when it's 10, 15 below. We cry in each other's shoulders for about five minutes. Then we march on with the day, especially Janelle Kenneth tilts her head and looks at us. Come on, boys. (laughs) Diane got a text from Sue yesterday. 48 degrees down there. She was, I don't know if she was looking for sympathy or encouragement. It just, you know, kind of fell on deaf ears. But, oh, well, we're going to march on, aren't we? I pray this morning this word would challenge you, but also more importantly, out of that challenge, you'd feel great hope in Jesus Christ. The Wednesday men's group, we've been studying the book of Acts. Ordinary men and women doing extraordinary things in very difficult situ- situations. Normally, I never preach from a Bible study that I'm leading, but God has strongly put this message on my heart, that I need to obey him rather than my own logic. So we're going to go forward with this story from Acts. The main characters in Acts are Peter, John, of course, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the big hitters of the New Testament. But we must remember that there were others, many others involved. Joseph, Cornelius, Philip, Tabitha, John Mark, Stephen, and many more, all being used by God in powerful ways. During this time, they had great opposition. The Romans, the Jewish leaders, and especially the devil himself. The soon-to-be Apostle Paul was part of that opposition, too, trying to stop and even crush the church. Today, we continue to face opposition from the government, the COVID, racial tensions, family divisions, work crisis, rising crime, and on and on. This all pushes fear on us and also a pressure to conform to the world. Opposition to the church and its people never stops. Do I hear amen? Yeah. A few weeks ago, the elders were contemplating how God has so blessed our church The past few years, new people coming in our doors every week. Our finances are doing well. We're amazed at all of this in light of all this opposition that I just spoke about. How can it be? We really couldn't put our finger on it. On the other hand, we hear stories of other churches who've been beat down by all what is going on. Pray for us. This battle is fierce, and Satan wants to smack us down, trip us up, especially confuse us. In light of this, we all yearn for Christ's return, don't we? But God calls us to be busy about his business until he returns. We can easily coast to the finish line. That's not what he has in mind. Matthew 24, 46 says it well. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, each person arriving here today in a different place. 
Some had a great week. Some had an okay week. A lot of work, a lot of busyness, responsibilities. Others came in this morning maybe tired, maybe beat down from life. Some may be battling different issues, finances, health, jobs, relationships. You know where each person is at. So, Lord, we ask that you would speak to each person here. Use your servant to speak your words, not my words, to touch the lives here, to spur each other on, to hope, to believe, and to act in you, Lord Jesus, and always for your glory. Amen. All right, I want to encourage you. We're going to go through the scripture verse by verse, so please keep your Bibles or apps open. We're going to reference uh, verses over and over. Verse 1. The priests and the captain of the guard, temple guard, and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. My first point is this. Our focus needs to be on transformed lives. Peter and John were preaching the powerful truth of Jesus Christ, that he alone brings salvation and victory over death. Peter and John were men whose lives were changed in incredible ways because of the truth of Jesus. They were going forth in power without the physical presence of Jesus. Instead, Jesus had blessed them as he has us with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the EFCA vision, the Evangelical Free Church of America's vision for their churches? You ever seen that, read that? Is it up on the board? We exist to glorify God by, by multiplying transformational churches among all people. What a great statement. Churches where life transformation happens in and through Jesus Christ. We sang about that this morning. Peter and John were bold because Jesus had transformed their lives. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were acting on their knowledge of Jesus. I like to do the ponder questions, so I'm going to throw a couple of those out this morning to get you thinking. We pride ourselves here at, as a church that speaks the truth, the word of God, and that's awesome. So my first ponder question is this. Do we act on our knowledge, or do we just store truth in our minds? Peter, John, and all the others in Acts, they acted on their knowledge Knowledge that transformed their lives and the lives of those around them. We pump out a lot of biblical knowledge. Praise the Lord for this. But is that knowledge leading to transformed lives? A few weeks ago, the men's group, we read a short story called The Trial of Jack Pale. I encourage you to read it. Rachel put a It'll only take a couple minutes. Rachel put it on the app, or you can even Google it. The essence of the story is that Jack Pale was living in a time when being a Christian was illegal. We're getting closer to that day, aren't we? Probably 10 years ago, we couldn't even think about that. Now we can see, you know what? That day is possible. 
Well, one day Jack was arrested because he was caught at his church. So Jack went before the judge to determine if he was truly a Christian before his sentencing would be handed out. Though they had caught him at church, the judge was not willing to assume he was a Christian, even though he went to church. So the judge went out and gathered 40 different witnesses, people in Jack's life, people that knew him to some level. Interesting, he didn't gather anybody from Jack's church. He only gathered family members, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances. You could say he gathered 40 from his Frank group, people that saw him away from church. The judge started by telling the 40 witnesses what a true Christian looks like. After all, the best way to tell a counterfeiter is by examining the real one. Then the judge asked each of them, do you see these things in Jack Pale? Amazingly, each one said, no way. Interesting, the judge started with Jack's non-Christian wife, who laughed at that. My husband doesn't show any of this. Jack pleaded with the judge. I am a Christian. I'm a member of a good church. I go every Sunday. I even give of my finances. The judge said, listen, Jack, and I only can only go by the evidence. And the evidence says that you're not a Christian. That's a hard-hitting story. The trial of Jack Pale hits me hard. We are here at Heartland to transform lives for and through Jesus Christ. When you attend Chris Strand's class, Brent Anderson's or Glenn or Joanne's or maybe the youth group, are you just collecting knowledge and feeling good about that knowledge? Praise God for all this teaching. But are, do, you, do we leave changed by that knowledge? Do people see the changes in us? Do your life decisions reflect that knowledge? I heard of a class last week, a group of women. The first thing they did was they talked about what we're going to learn here today. It can't stop up here. It's got to go down to here. Praise the Lord. James 2.20 says, you foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Do we have faith in our knowledge to the point that we act on it? Would Pastor Jeff have 40 people out there that would affirm that in some way that I'm a Christian? 40 people from my Frank group? The EFCA mission says, well, life transformational churches. Is your life being transformed here at Heartland? Let me throw out a second ponder question for us. And this ponder question is for the teachers and leaders at Heartland. Are you transforming lives through the Holy Spirit, and the Word of God? Are you just handing out knowledge? Peter, John, and all the others were doing amazing things through the power of Christ. Amazing things that led to transformed lives. Verse 4, But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. We've been blessed with wonderful growth here at Heartland the past handful of years. I pray that this growth is in transformational lives. 
Lives changed by Jesus Christ. This means all of us, existing believers and new believers, we all need to be daily transformed in Jesus. Even Craig Lieberg would affirm this. Amen, Craig? I've seen it in Craig. Craig is somebody who's been attending here, other than Rose Johnson, probably the longest, and Karen, of course, yes. Verse 5. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called, excuse me, verse 5, the next day the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? The second point is this. Our opposition does not stop. Our enemy was alive and well back then, and he still is today. In fact, he's taking evil to a new level these days. First Timothy 4.1. The Spirit clearly says that in later time, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. The devil's at work stronger than ever. This means we need to pray more than ever. As King David, I love his sayings, morning, noon, and night, I cry out to you, Lord Jesus It's a fierce battle out there, a spiritual battle, people. I find it very interesting that Peter and John were battling the same foes that Jesus did. Caiaphas and his henchmen, the devil's servants. I also find it powerful to see how Peter responded against this group of men. Verse 8, then Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked, How was he healed? Number one, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit, the key to it all. This could have been a real tense deal. Remember Peter, the emotional one. Boy, can I relate to that. Amen, Bert. I don't know about you, but my emotions can get the better of me, as at times, especially dealing with people who are messy. Instead, Peter responds in a respectful manner, calling them rulers and elders, followed by clear and truthful words. Grace and truth played out through the Holy Spirit and not by Peter himself. Keep in mind the crowd that Peter's addressing, the people that who killed his Savior and friend, Jesus, the Christ. Wow, if he ever had justification to get really teed off, this was it. Instead, Peter respectfully and calmly addresses them. 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. When Peter wrote this, maybe he thought back to this time. Could be. May each one of us be filled with the Spirit of God when we encounter people who are opposing the truths of God. Again, the prayer, prayer is the key for each one of us. Stopping and praying for God to give us this perfect combination of respect, grace, and truth. 
If you're like me, and I think most of you are, this doesn't come natural to us. It is only Jesus working in me, transforming me through this Holy Spirit and his truths. Again, prayer more critical than ever as we battle that's going on in the world. Without the Holy Spirit working us, we have arguments with people we desire to impact. And you know what happens? The openness to Jesus is gone. On the other hand, Acts 6.10, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. God can, can give us words of amazing wisdom through his spirit, but we must ask for it. We must trust it too. How often is God's spirit nudges to say something and we don't? Too many times of ignoring God's nudges and we'll even stop sensing those nudges. Verse 10. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Point three, we got an incredible solution. The answer to every one of our questions is Jesus Christ. I'm not going to get into the does God still heal debate, but I do want to make two simple points about it. The first is that we should never give up believing that Jesus can do all things. He doesn't have any limits. In fact, I encourage you to have a childlike faith about this, simple and powerful. Luke 18, 17. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. We go to Jesus as children and we must follow him as children. This includes healing, but even more so, who can God save? There's nobody out there he can't save, nobody too sinful. My second point about this is that we need to trust and believe in his good and perfect will for us. We serve a mighty and a creative God whose will is amazing. Doesn't always match ours, does it? Back to our solution is incredible. Jesus, the answer. Let me ask you one more ponder question. What do people see in you and hear from you? Do they see Jesus and his ways are the answer? Or do they see your political views? Or maybe your COVID views? or your race tension views, or your financial views, or so many of the other opinions we have out there. You know what? We can become jack pails in this way. There is a time to talk about these things, but are you known for those things first? When we read the book of Acts, we see over and over how salvation and the truths of Jesus were preached. It was the main point to everything. These men and women were equipped and empowered by Jesus and the Holy Spirit to bring the truths to the world, truths that change the world. That's still our task at hand today, 2,000 years later, telling about Jesus. The task that Jesus wants to see when he returns. That's why it is our responsibilities as leaders 
and teachers to equip you all to do that. In fact, if you're not doing so well at this, maybe you need to consider, are you here at the church just to be a consumer? Taking in what you want and throwing out parts that maybe make you uncomfortable? For us leaders, it's hard when free church failing you in this area. How are we doing at this? Are we here just to feed the people and make them proud and fat with knowledge? Are we equipping to do the work? Jesus is the incredible solution to all things, and we need to be ready to share that in multiple ways. We need to get off the sofa and run. Verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Do you really believe that verse? I know you're willing to speak it. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man, the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. My last point is this. Our abilities are not limited. If truth be told, we're all ordinary men and women. Every single person who stepped in the building this morning. Peter was a simple fisherman. Jesus called him out of that world. He called me out of the construction world. He's calling you out of your world, not necessarily to leave your world, but to be used in your world. Being an accountant or a plumber shouldn't define you. Your relationship with Jesus Christ should define you. Pastor Denny's been talking a lot about that lately. Are you a child of the king first? I believe Satan has three strong grips on the American church. I've spoken about these before. The first is fear. Satan tells us over and over, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? You're no Peter, no Paul, and especially John, full of love. They'll never listen to you. Pray against those fears. Pray against those lies. You're a child of the king. Set apart to do the amazing work of Jesus. The second, and it's related to the first, it's our desire to be in control. I like to call my own shots. Don't tell me what to do. We often make our decisions through our own reasoning, our own understanding. The logic of Jeff Drugsma. Not good. When we do this, we not only make messes, especially with others, but we also won't experience how powerful our God is, how amazing the Holy Spirit is. That's a sad place to be, limiting the Holy Spirit. Peter was the man who denied Jesus three times, even to the point of cursing. 
Now here he is allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through him in a powerful way, proclaiming who Jesus is. The third thing we battle, we like to be comfortable. Boy, this one hits home with me. I don't know about you. I like to be comfortable in all I do. Sadly, all three of these have stopped me at times. I want to encourage you, if they have stopped you at times, today is a new day because of what Jesus did on the cross. We start over new every day. As the Wednesday women like to say, return, repent, restart. Amen? I've had the incredible joy of seeing many people over the years being transformed by Jesus Christ and then having Jesus and his spirit use them for amazing things. And I get to sit back and watch, sometimes have a teeny piece in it, all kinds of things through not just new Christians, but especially existing Christians. When I look out over this crowd right now, I see so many people God is, is and has transformed in using. Catherine, Bobby, Peter, Richard, Andrew, Craig. It's an incredible thing to look at. It's a joy for a pastor. You all spur me on. You spur each other on in the things in Jesus and for his glory. Like the book of Acts, God continues to use ordinary people like us to do extraordinary things in and for him. I want to finish by sharing five key things in doing extraordinary things for Jesus, through Jesus. The first, we need to be with Jesus. Verse 14 says it well, but since they could see the man, oh, excuse me, 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled and men, they were astonished. And they took note, these men had been with Jesus. You want to do extraordinary things? You got to be with Jesus. That means prayer. That means in his word, picking up the word of God, reading it. There are a lot of good books out there, a lot of good apps. I'm not against those, but let the word of God be your first. Don't get discouraged. Pastor Denny spoke about this a month ago. You're going to reach parts you maybe don't understand. Push into them through the Holy Spirit. One thing about Scripture, Scripture affirms and clarifies scripture, meaning you can read one part, then you read another part down the road, you'll help understand it more. The second point about extraordinary things, extraordinary things should start in your family. Husbands, you praying with your wives? In the American church today, one out of 16 couples pray together. Now, I think we're way above average here. So maybe we're one out of eight or maybe even one out of four. Not good enough. Men, you want to transform your marriage? Pray with your wife. Grab her hands. Wives, if your husband isn't praying with you, 
go to him and tell him that. Honey, let's pray together. We need to pray together. Pray with your children. If you buy a car, if you buy a house, if you're doing, making any type of decision, grab your kids around you, circle up and pray. God will do amazing things. Teach your children the word of God. Teach them in your house. We have wonderful programs here for the children, Awana, Sunday School, and other things. Praise God for this. But I tell you what, Pastor Cooper, Danielle will be the first to say it's got to start at home. Three, or extraordinary things seldom involve standing before a large crowd or preaching. What do I mean by that? Extraordinary things happen in small places, quiet places, at the cafe, in your living room, in your car, conversations one-on-one. Two on two in your small group. Four, they always require faith and a willingness to do something that makes you uncomfortable. That's Satan tugging at us. You can't do it. Again, fight those lies. Trust the Holy Spirit. Shake off that uncomfortableness. God wants to show his might to you. The last one is, they start with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Listen to those nudges. Get sharper in the Holy Spirit. Have confidence in him. He can speak through us mighty truths, life-changing truths. The book of Acts is full of amazing stories of God and his spirit working through ordinary men and women. The same ordinary men and women and children who entered the building this morning. Yes, the devil's at work more than ever, but God wants you to know this is your time in Jesus. So let's focus on transformed lives, young and old, new believers, and long-time believers. Jesus can change anyone, even me. Remember, our opposition doesn't stop. Seek and rely on the Holy Spirit to do your battles out there. He will work better and more powerfully than we can. Never, ever forget, our solution is incredible. Jesus, the Christ, he is the answer to all things. May people see Jesus in you, not other things from an eternity's perspective that don't really matter. Be prepared and willing to bring Jesus to this world. Lastly, keep in mind that our abilities are not limited in Jesus. They're limited in ourselves, but they're not limited in Jesus. Again, the Holy Spirit is ready to work through us to bring incredible truths. Again, in Jesus, this is our day to do the work of the Lord.